was um, meditating this week a lot on much that's going on around the world, in our nation, all over. The, God began to share with me how people have lost their hope. The believers have lost their hope. It, you know, people have listened to what the world has to say, looked at the signs of the times, and instead of looking up and rejoicing that their redemption draweth nigh, they have lost their hope and have been to, begun to be absorbed into the world system without even knowing it. We, um, the Lord had already been speaking to me on this when we received a newsletter from a, a um, acquaintance of ours. We've had him speak in the church years and years ago. And he talked about people being, how did he put it? I'm, I want to put this right. Affected by the Antichrist spirit that is in the world today and that's in the United States especially, and they've just yielded themselves over to it. And he was talking mainly about the body of Christ, allowing themselves to just yield over to this thing and not even realize that they've done that. And, and um, we'll bring that next Sunday and read it. I wanted to print it, but Pastor said it was impossible to print it so because of the coloring that he has on it. So... Um, it, it really was an eye-opener because God was already speaking those things to me. So we are going to teach on hope this morning. And actually the title of the sermon is Hope Deferred. So I always believe if you're going to start, start on the, I don't want to call it, nothing in the word is negative, but start on the instruction and end in the blessing. Amen. Believe it or not, that's what we were taught to do at Rama, And... Um, Many people don't do that because if you, if you leave people with a, a bad note, then they kind of want to run. So this is going to be a blessing to you, I promise you, if you will open up your Bible, take notes, and listen because it's very important in this hour. You know, you just don't sit there like, the you need to really get this this morning. So I'll let Pastor open in prayer and then go with the nugget since he has the nugget. Good morning. <laughs> Make sure everybody's awake. Okay. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that as we look to your word, your Holy Spirit will stir within us, Father God, greater hope, Father God. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks for the word this morning in Jesus' name. Nugget. Action. Without study. Action without study is fatal. One more time. Action without study is fatal. Second part. Study without action. Study without action is futile. Amen. Study without action is futile. Okay, all together. Action without study is fatal. Study without action is futile. You need them both. Amen. Study and action. Okay, Proverbs chapter 13. Open your Bibles there to Proverbs chapter 13. And we will look at verse 12. 
It reads from the King James, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Well, thank you, Lord, for the desire that cometh, but uh, hope deferred or hope that is postponed makes the heart sick. I want to go on on this if we can. Okay, she has something. Right. I would like to... Um, is that okay? Okay. Um, let's, let's, go, let's look at this and go down a little bit here. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. Whoever despises the word and counsel of God brings destruction on himself. Now, that's a, that is a very heavy scripture when you look at that. You know, the Bible talks about, here he's talking about hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. Whoever despises the word and counsel of God, which we know the word is the counsel of God. So to despise something is to completely ignore it. To, to just say, well, you know, I'm not going to do it this time. I know, what it, I know what it says. You know, I've heard many people tell me, I know, I know the word God, of God says this, but you know, the Lord's told me it's okay to do this thing. And I'll look at them like, you've got to be kidding me. Because as far as I'm concerned, everything we do better line up with the word of God. And so it says here, whoever despises the word and counsel of God brings destruction upon himself. So when we despise the word or we ignore the word or we decide we're not going to do the word, we are bringing destruction upon ourselves. And we live in a nation in this hour that has done this. We, you know, unfortunately, I would probably say 90%, I hate to, I put, hate to put it this high, but the more calls I get and the more, more pastors I talk to, they're, they're appalled. They're just amazed at, at, at how people think nowadays. But it says here, whoever despises the word and counsel of God brings destruction upon himself, but he who reverently fears and respects the commandment of God is rewarded. So I would probably say, well, let's, let's go down, let's go to 75%. How many people really are really studying the word of God and being doers of the word of God and the word only? And that's, that's, if you come to this church, that's what we believe. You know, if, if you don't believe that, then you need to go somewhere else. I mean, I know that's, you know, people look around and go, well, what are you saying? We are word of faith people, and we're uncompromised word of faith people, and we're not ashamed of it. I know I have a friend that went to Rhema, but he... He's not going to, in his church, he doesn't say his word of faith because he does not want to offend anybody. Well, right there, you've already opened up a door and you have literally chopped yourself off from your roots. Amen? And so he's saying here, um, hope deferred makes a heart sick, but when desire is fulfilled, it is a, a tree of life. Whoever despises the word and counsel of God brings destruction upon himself. So when these things happen, 
because if we decide we're not going to go along with the word of God, we can blame. It's, it's not God's fault. It's our fault. We're bringing it on ourselves. Okay. And then it goes on to say, but he who reverently fears and respects the commandment of God is rewarded. Is rewarded. The teaching of the wise is the fountain of life that one may avoid the snares of death. Wow, that's heavy. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may avoid the snares of death. Okay, so praise God. We see here that delay in fulfillment of desires causes discouragement in a person. When we look at hope deferred makes the heart sick. It causes discouragement. The minute you feel discouraged about something, you need to deal with it at that point, right there. Don't let it go any further. Don't let your mind go any further. You need to pull out your Bible. And there are so many good books out there. You, you, well, forget the books. Get your concordance and look up every subject you can on whatever you're going through. But there are books out there that people have already done that for you. You know, you can, you know, excellent um, books where scripture, Miss um, Lisa was telling me, Mrs. Lisa was telling me a, bo a book about a book that someone told her about on how to raise your children and has every scripture you need for every aspect of their life that they might need, need. <laughs> or that you might need to discipline them in. Amen. So people have written things for you even, but you have a concordance you can look up. Okay, so let's go on. So. Do you want to share on that one at all? No, we can go to the next one. Okay. This is a good one. <laughs> In Numbers chapter 21. Numbers chapter 21. Children of Israel have left Egypt, and uh, there certain things came up. That's Numbers chapter 21, looking at verse 4. And they journeyed from the Mount Horeb by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Whoa. Discouraged. We read it on the Amplified. That's where you read from the Amplified. Mm -hmm. And they journeyed from Mount Horeb by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient, depressed, and discouraged because of the trials of the way. Now you, you notice impatient, depressed, and then discouraged. So you can write those three down. You become impatient. You know, I prayed and it didn't come to pass yet. And then depressed, and then much discouragement came. Okay, thanks. And then Steve. go down to verse 5 and see what they did after that. When all that happened, and the people spake against God and against Moses, wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no bread. Neither is there any water, and our soul loathes this light bread. Well, they're talking about the manna, if you read it in the 
Okay, from the Amplified it reads, verse 5, And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and we loathe this light, contemptible, unsubstantial manna. Wow! A gift from God, and then he just... Because of the hardness of the way. But see... Remember the last scripture we read that you bring this stuff on yourself? Let's look at the next verse. The Lord sent fiery burning serpents among the people and they bit the people and many Israelites died. Whose fault was it? Theirs. Because if you go back to verse 4, they became impatient, depressed, and discouraged because of the trials and they spoke against God and Moses for there's no bread no they had manna they didn't have to bake bread wouldn't it be wonderful to just come home and everything was made all you had to do was go out and get it I mean really you didn't even have to buy groceries you didn't have to do I mean it was just there you went out and you got your, your day's worth and if you were a pig, then it all rotted and you got, what, maggots or whatever in it. I mean, you know what I mean? But, forgive me for saying pig, that wasn't too nice. But, I mean, but they, they got upset. And the Lord allowed the enemy, really, to send serpents among the people and they bit them. And we know that if you look at this, this is really this this speaks of, of really Jesus here, or a, um, a prophecy to what towards Jesus. And it says, and the people came to Moses and said, "We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that He may take away the serpents from us." And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent of bronze and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten when he looks at it shall live. And Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it on a pole. And, the ser and if a serpent had bitten any man, when he looked on the serpent of bronze, attentively, expectantly, with steady and absorbing gaze, he lived. Praise God. That's why we need to look at Jesus. He paid the price on a tree, on a tree for us. Thank God. I'll let you share in that one. Okay, since we're in Numbers, let's go to the very beginning of Numbers, chapter 4. Numbers, chapter 4. This is really good when you if you'll take down the, the areas that get us into the messes that we Maybe seem to get into. Amen? Is it right? You want to check your list there? I might have missed it. 410. 410? Yep. I don't see how... I typed this thing out on my notes on my iPad and then it would not print. <laughs> Numbers 410 is... <laughs> Got it. how you put this one in there. You think I got the wrong one? 
could be. It wasn't the typist's fault. Go on. It's not. Well, that's true. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. You move on to the next one. Okay. I'm going to throw in this. another one. Let's go, go to the book of First Samuel. How am I typing? First Samuel chapter 22. What happens when hope is deferred? The heart is sick. That's right. That's First Samuel chapter 22. And we'll look at verse 2. These are, these are people that followed David. And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontent, gathered themselves unto him, and became, a, and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about four hundred men. These people had no hope. When you are in distress, when you are in debt, when you are in discontent, there is no hope there. But that you have to gather, you have to gather someplace. And where did they go? To someone that had a positive attitude. If you can't find somebody with a positive attitude, pick up your Bible. It'll give you the best attitude you can get. It'll tell you who you are in Christ Jesus. All things are in Him. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. You won't have, you should not be in, in uh, distress, in debt, or discontent because those things will be removed. So there's no difficulty there. Okay. Um, it, it's Nehemiah 410, I'm sorry. Nehemiah, oh, no wonder, okay. And this, um, this talks about the difficulty of the task. I'm going to give you for, for we didn't get there. Proverbs thirteen twelve is Proverbs we're going back a little bit is okay. is delay in fulfillment of desires and this causes discouragement if you want to write that in your note Proverbs thirteen twelve delay in fulfillment of desires this causes discouragement so when there's a delay in the fulfillment of your desires Proverbs thirteen twelve this causes discouragement. Numbers 21.4 is the hardness of the way. You know, we know that there are some days that are harder than others, and there are months, weeks, whatever, years maybe, seasons that are harder. And Nehemiah 4.10 is the difficulty of the task. Okay. Nehemiah. And that was a task, let me tell you, Nehemiah. Go for it. Okay. I wrote this sermon, so. Nehemiah uh, 4.10 from the Amplified and the leaders of Judas, strength of the burden bearers is weakening and there is much rubbish. We are not able to work on the wall. So we see here that the difficulty of the task. I mean, there was so much garbage there that they were not able, you know, they looked at it. Have you ever looked at, I don't know, I, there's times when, I don't know if you've ever 
um, you know, sometimes when we've been in hotel rooms and I'll just turn on the TV and I'm going to tell you, some places don't have anything but like a hoarding show, people that hoard. How many of you have ever watched that? Heather and I. I. I mean, it's not something I like to watch, but it's really interesting to me because, you know, counseling people and seeing where they're at. And you see these hoarders and you can't even make it through their... And I can imagine when they look down at this whole mess and they, the, it, it looked difficult. And so there are going to be difficult tasks put before us. Amen? And so that's, this is where they were. It was like, why bother here? Amen? There was poverty. There was famine. There was everything around them. Well, that's kind of how the people of today feel like. We're, we're you know, if, they, if you listen to the negativity, if you listen to the news, if you listen to the Antichrist spirit that's out there, whatever you want to call this, people are saying, we're so in debt, there's no way out. Well, what happened to God? My God is able in a second to turn everything around. And we need to look to God. God is able, not just able, but he is willing. And my Bible says in 2 Chronicles 20, I believe it is, no, I'm wrong. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then they will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. What comes along within 3 John 2, there's prosperity and healing that come together. Amen? And so don't speak out what all the negativity is saying. We need to know that for me in my house, God will protect that. And for everybody that's under, you know, you look at the children of Israel, Everything was going on, but they, they had the blood over their house, and they were protected. They were blessed. They went and borrowed the money from all the Egyptians, and they gave them all their, not money, but their gold, their silver. Everything they had was given to them. Are you ready for that type of a breakthrough? Can you believe it? Because... You have to believe it for it to come to pass. So they looked at, you know, here it says, and the leaders of Judah said, the strength and the burden bearers is weakening and there is much rubbish. We are not able to work on the wall. And our enemies said, they will not know or see till we come into their midst and kill them and stop the work. I mean, God always plans a way of escape. But the, this was, this is, the difficulty of the task sometimes stops people in their tracks. Well, when you read the New Testament, I don't, I don't see anything in the New Testament that was easy. Amen? For the early church. I didn't see anything in Paul's life that was easy. 
but he kept on doing what God told him to do. And we have most of the New Testament written by him. Think of this. What if you did not have most of the New Testament to live by? I want you to really think about this. It's pretty heavy, isn't it? Okay. You have anything to share on that one? The scripture she referred to is, um, if my people, is Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If you are taking notes. Now let's turn to the book of Psalms, the seventy third chapter. That's Psalms seventy three. And this is where a lot of people get plugged up. Verses 2 and 3. That's 73 verses 2 and 3. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Okay. I'm going to be real blunt. And this is the youth of today are in this state because youth are selfish. Children are selfish. You know, parents, if you haven't learned that one yet, you may as well learn it now. I heard someone say they need to freeze kids when they turn a certain age until they're about 25. You know, until they really get their head on their shoulders, not all kids, but most of them. Because they always say, well, so-and-so has such and such, and they don't even go to church. I don't know how many of you parents have ever heard that, but my answer was always, yes, but if they don't get saved, they're going to hell. So here they are jealous of the wicked. How do, the wicked, how do the wicked get prosperous, prosperous normally? They lie, they cheat, they do whatever. They'll tell you whatever you want to hear to take from you. We don't need to go any further into that. But anyway, so if we look at this in Psalms 73, 2 and 3, For I was envious of the foolish and the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for they suffered no violent pangs in their death, but their strength is firm. We cannot allow ourselves to get in this place. I have written in my Bible above this, confession can destroy me. The wrong confession can destroy me. I can't allow myself to be jealous because I've, if I have Jesus, I have everything. Everything is available to me. Amen? The title of the next part is Hopelessness is So Dangerous. You might want to write this down because now we're going to go to Job. You know, I don't know about you, but the church that I was born again in, people used to say, I'm just like Job. Job was a uh, was an excuse. You know, people would say, I'm just like Job, or God put all this stuff on Job. No, Job did. Job allowed himself to become 
fearful. Okay, and we don't have time to go there, but I don't know what he's doing, but he said go ahead. So Job 17, 9. Are you running out the back door? <laughs> Praise God. Okay, 17.9. Okay. Yet shall the righteous, those upright and right standing with God, hold to their ways. And he who has clean hands shall grow stronger and stronger. Yet shall the righteous, those who are in right standing with God, hold their ways. What's he telling us? We need to hold our way. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Don't move. Okay? Verse 10. But as for you, come on again, all of you, though I find not though I find not a wise man among you. That's heavy. My days are past. My purpose and plans are frustrated. Even the thoughts, desires, and possessions of my heart are broken off. Notice it talks about thoughts. Amen. What a mess. These thoughts ex extend from the night into the day so that the light is short because of darkness. This is, this is heavy. This guy just unfortunately allowed his thought life to just overtake him. Amen? Okay. If you notice at one place, Job finally says, he repents and he says, I am full of matter, which means words. He's finally, at one point, gets a hold of himself after all the confessions. Of course, he, he had the dear wife of his that kept telling him, you may as well curse God and die. How'd you like to have her around? <laughs> and he had his, his friends that came along and they weren't real uplifting. But sooner or later, he comes to his senses and, and repents and says, God, I am full of matter. I'm full of words, the wrong, the wrong words. He got to hold himself and turn it around, and God blessed him abundantly. Amen? Go ahead. I know you've got some things to say. Did you go to verse 15? Not yet. 14 and 15. We didn't get down there. Okay, let's go down there. Uh, 13, but I look to Sheol. The unseen taste, unseen state is my abode. And I spread my couch in the darkness. If I say to the grave in corruption, you are my father, and to, the, and to the worm that feeds on decay, you are my mother and my sister, because I soon will be closest to you. When there, where then is my hope? And if I have hope, will I see its fulfillment? My hope shall go down to the bars of Sheol, the unseen state, when once there is rest in the dust. What a pitiful state. This hopelessness is so dangerous. You see the steps where he went. My days have passed. My purposes, plans are frustrating. I mean, he went on and on. 
He just kept talking himself into a deeper and deeper and deeper pit and never took authority over his words until later. You know, this whole thing of Job went in on. It took nine months. You know, when people read this, they think it was years and years and years. It was a nine-month period. A lot of people still follow this oh, tendency. A lot of Christians follow this tendency because they don't know 2 Corinthians 10.5. Because those thoughts will invade your, your mind. They're not your thoughts. But once you begin to meditate upon it, you develop that thought life. So when those thoughts that are in the negative come your way, cast them away. Think on those things which are good, lovely, and good report. Amen? It's written down here. Isn't it interesting what the words of your mouth can do for you or to you? We must learn to choose and speak wisely. To choose and speak wisely. We must also learn to watch what we hear. Jesus said, watch what you hear. You know, if somebody starts talking junk to you, you need to tell them to shut up nicely, politely, or just leave the room. A smart man in the middle of an argument or woman will get up and walk out. A wise person will zip their lip. A wise person will just start praying in tongues. That's the best thing you can do. A pastor used to do to me that used to infuriate me in the beginning. I've told you all that I had demons that need to be dealt with. He would grab my hands and say, we're going to pray. And that would just infuriate me, but he was stronger than me. Amen. And so he would pray. So. Or I drive off. <laughs> pardon? <laughs> I drove off. <laughs> or he would, he just told me I refused to fight or he'd take off for the day. After a while, you get, you know, you get concerned about them or whatever. Are they all right? Whatever. You, you cool down. Isaiah 49, 14. I, I'll admit it. That old person, thank God, is dead. Patience. He was a patient man, right? I can relate to Joyce Myers. Her life and mine are very much alike, our childhoods and things in a lot of ways. I can, I can relate to her and how she acted. Only I wasn't like her. I, I would not be quiet for days. <laughs> That would have been a vacation. <laughs> Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49, verse 14. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. We cannot fall into that trap. It, it, you look at that and wow the Lord and the Lord answered can a woman forget her nursing child 
that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yes, they may forget, yet I have not forgot you. Can you imagine, here are these people saying all this, but you see the uncompromising love of God here? Amen? It's amazing to me what God has to say, because they're saying that God forsook them. You know, the Lord has forsaken me, and the Lord has forgotten me. But in Hebrews 13, 5, what my Bible says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Amen? I mean, you look at that. Some, some of you need to take that and meditate on it. I hope I got the right one this time, did I? Yeah. I, part B, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Wow, that's a good one. And I will, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I'm going to tell you right now, you need to know Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 in this hour that we live in. And you need to know it. Know that you know that you know it no matter what. Amen. Jeremiah 2, 25. Hopelessness is so dangerous. You saw these people saying that God forsook them. Many people are dealing with hopelessness. Almost everybody... I hate to say this, in one form or another, is dealing with it somewhere. Whether it's with the way your kids act, your job, your finances, your health, whatever, the enemy would like to get you to get off into that realm and start taking the steps backwards. But it's so important to keep the word of God in front of you and keep your conversation aright and your thoughts aright, lined up with his word. Amen? Because many people keep looking back and can't go forward. And that's the one thing that Paul said, I do. I force myself to do. I'm going to paraphrase this. I refuse to look back, but I press on towards the mark of high calling. There's a mark of high calling for every one of us. And you know, if you look around the world, you'll know it won't be long. They used to sing a song, it won't be long. Well, it won't. 
Jeremiah 2.25, you got that? Mm-hmm, Jeremiah 2.25. You should find that album and play some of those old songs. Boy, you get shocked. <laughs> I think I'll dig them up this week. And play some of those songs. It really was, it stir you up. Uh -huh. These songs. Yes. Okay. I'll make a note for myself. Good luck finding it. Okay. I will find them. Praise God. Cease from your mad running after idols from which you get nothing but bitter injury. Keep your feet from being unshod and have your throat from first, but you said it is hopeless. I have loved strangers and foreigners and, and after them I will go. Wow. This was during the backsliding of Judah and Israel. Isn't that heavy? Withhold thy foot from being unshod and thy throat from thirst. But thou hast said, there is no hope. For I have loved strangers and after them I will go. You know, I have found with singles, especially women in this hour, that they have given up. I thank God for the single women of this church. But they've given up and they're willing to go out and date someone that doesn't even know the Lord and get themselves messed up. Compromise your Compromise your salvation. You're, you're gonna mess up real bad. You could compromise your eternity. This isn't just your salvation right now, but your eternity can be compromised in this right now. Seriously. And it's really shocking to see what's out there. You know, the pickings out there <laughs> in the Christian, quote, realm are amazing to me because what they think is godly, I was able to um, look on a Christian dating website of someone's, and it was amazing to me what was out there. That wasn't God. There was nothing God, there was nothing godly out there, which was amazing to me. Nothing that, that I would even think of yielding myself to. And that was the Christian dating website. That's scary. I was no. amazed when I had the opportunity to look on that and went, wow. What's amazing, it took, took this individual three years to find somebody. Yeah. I have a friend, I, I have a friend that actually did find someone. Actually, um, she found a pastor and um, they're happy. But I mean, that, that was few, took three years, two years or three, whatever. doesn't matter, but the, you'd be surprised what's out there. And here you see what it says right here before us where withhold thy foot from being unshod and thy throat from thirst but thou saidest there is no hope no for I have loved strangers and after them will I go and you know what's the saddest thing when people get in this rut and, and they've opened the door up in this rut once the enemy will keep bringing a person 
persons around. Once a door is opened, the same type of, of spirit will try to come around again and again and again. And so we need to guard ourselves. But this, the thing that got me out of all these scriptures we're giving you right now is they said out of their mouth. They completely said out of their mouth and they disagreed with the word, what, word of, what the word of God said. They were going to do their own thing. That's heavy. Notice they said, get nothing but bitter injury. What's a bitter injury? An offense. I got enough to How deal with. <laughs> backslidden Christians, you know, have an offense because they will not return to church because so and so goes there or they did this to me. Um, there's great offense, and they're not going to walk walk in the doors of a church again. Well, that's what the enemy wants. If you don't forgive. What, it, what did Jesus say? If you don't forgive? I won't forgive. I can't forgive you, and you end up with those that you hate, that you fail to forgive. And you can't change when you get in that position. There's people in hell today that would want to change their position. I wish I would have forgave them. I wish I would let go, let go of that offense. We need to be smart. Let's go to Jonah. I like Jonah. I Jonah. You know, Jonah was the time when one of my kids were rebelling. And um, I share, I've shared with you before that in the church I was born again in, they said that God will not deal with someone's will. And so I'm, I'm praying. I don't know how many of you have prayed prayers like what I was praying. Well, God, I know that you said that you will not deal with a person's will. And he said, where did I say that? Well, that's what I'd heard from the pulpit. I believed what I heard from the pulpit, whether there was scripture to go with it or not. That's why we are so very careful to take scripture on everything that we say. Because I was sucked into, unfortunately, thank God I got saved and I got filled with the Holy Spirit there. But I was sucked into what man believed, not what... God said, amen. And so here's Jonah, and the Lord told me, that's, that's not true. And I said, well, God, and you know, at that time, I was not, um, you know, when you're a first a Christian, you're not sure if you're hearing God's voice or some other voice or yourself or whoever, you know. And so I said, well, then I need two scriptures for that, because this was a real desperate situation. He said, turn to Jonah. And he said, chapter 1, and, and I'll paraphrase this, God was speaking to Jonah, and Jonah walked, turned and walked away from God. Now, can you imagine God speaking to you, and you turning and walking away from him? Well, isn't that what these people have done? Okay, so here we are in Jonah, and here, he, you know, God just told him to go to Nineveh, tell him about me. That's all I want you to just go there. There are a bunch of sinners. Go tell them about me. And he refused, and he, and he ended up in a big fish's belly. And after three days, you know, I heard someone talk about this. And you know how when you, th I'm going to get very visual here. But graphic. Graphic, yeah. Okay, when you know how 
before you throw up, you have this horrible taste and whatever. He had all that because that fish was trying to get rid of him. So not only was he in all that fish food down there, but he was in all the bile and everything else in there for, for three days. And God kept him alive and all that. And when he, he was very happy when he was thrown up on the shore, I'm sure. But here we go. After all that, it displeased Jonah because they repented. He got mad because the people repented. So look what he says here. In ver I can't, this, this guy was too much. Verse 8. It says, And when the sun arose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah so that he fainted and wished himself to die and said, It is better for me to die than live. And God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the loss of the gourd? And he said, I will do well to be angry, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, You have had pity on the gourd for which you have not labored made it grow which came in, up in the night and perished in the night and should not I spare Nineveh that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons not yet old enough to know and their right hand from their left and also many cap cattle here he's saying I would rather die I mean I'll tell you, some of the people that, if this is the best God had to pick from, <laughs> to be honest, it was a sorry state, that's all I can say. This is, a, you know, he was called to do this from the very foundation of the earth. And yet, look at his words. Notice he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, the word of God says. The abundance of his heart, he just couldn't keep his mouth shut. God even grows a big old gourd to, to keep him in the shade. He didn't even appreciate it. Okay, you want to share on Jonah? The second one, by the way, I, God gave me two scriptures that day, and I've shared it before. One was Jonah, and the second one was Saul of Tarsus. When he... He was rebelling. He was killing the Christians. On the road to, to Damascus. On the road. And he went off the animal he was on and was blinded. And God dealt with him. So God will deal with people's will. Don't let the devil try to lie to you. Now, a lot of people, you, she said, it doesn't say that he was riding on anything. But people say he fell, fell down. Hey, he could have been walking and struck down. Think about it. They say he was writing in that. A lot of people, you know, not to correct her, but some people look at it that, that direction. All right. I got to look that one up. <laughs> okay. We, we'll go to Ephesians chapter 2 while she's doing that then. Verse 12, that's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, and it reads, At that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. Whoa! 
that speaks of you and I. We had no hope. And we needed. Wow. And the gods that we would ha had, or, or families had, relatives had, were a bunch of sticks and stones, or a bunch of animals running around, or insects, whatever. But verse 13 gives it all, gives it all the way to us. But now in Christ Jesus, you have sometimes we're far off, but we're made high, nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Glory to God. He's right. We're not separated. It said, now as he traveled on, he came to Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why persecuteth me? I stand corrected if I've ever taught it different. Hallelujah. Sorry, I needed to read that. Okay. okay. Now we'll go. Look at how many people, the words of their mouth, though. We in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. 4.13. Now, I really believe that we are in this hour right here where this talks about this in Thessalonians. If you really want to read a good book that will really open your eyes to kind of where we are right now, I think Thessalonians is probably it's over in the T section. Wasn't that nice of God put all the T's together and the... <laughs> Remember when you were first Christian and you had a hard time finding anything in the Bible? And then you buy those Bibles that have those little things Index. in there. And then the, then the lettering peeled off. I wore out Bibles so fast. 1 Thessalonians 4.13. Amen? Let me do it or you want to do it. The sudden coming of the Lord. The suddenlies. Now also, verse 13, we would not have you ignorant, brethren, about those who fall asleep in death, that you may not grieve for them as the rest do who have no hope beyond the grave. For since we believe that Jesus dies and rose again, even so God will also bring with him through Jesus Christ, through Jesus, those who have fallen asleep in the death. For this we declare to you by the Lord's own word, that we who are alive remain until the coming of the Lord shall in no way proceed into his presence or have any advantage over all those who have previously fallen asleep in him in death. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a loud cry of summons, with the shout of an archangel, and with the blast of a trumpet of God, and those who have departed this life in Christ will rise. Then we, we, the living ones who remain on earth, shall simultaneously be caught up along with the resurrected dead in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so always through the eternity of eternities, she, will, we shall be with the Lord. Then comfort and encourage one another with these words. Okay. Um, 
this is the beginning, the beginning of this in verse 13. I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. No hope. You cannot allow your hope to be lost. That is step one backwards. I mean, if, if you feel that you are losing your hope, not only should you be at every service, but you, you have pastors to call and say, I need help. I am losing my hope. Is that a bad confession? If you blab it out there to everybody in the world, but if you're in that situation and if you're in that state, then you need to call. Do not text, call immediately. When you immediately feel that. Say, well, what if it's at three in the morning? I'm up half the time at three in the morning anyway, so it doesn't matter to me what time you call if you need help. Amen? This is the cause of, of, that can cause backsliding. We are not weary and well-doing Galatians 6, 9. Let's turn there. We're going to have to do communion pretty quick here. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. We need that. If we faint not. Don't allow yourself to faint. In other words, well, what does it say in the Amplified? Let's not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time, at the appointed seasoning, we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. I like the way this puts that. If we do not loosen and relax our courage. We cannot, this is not, church, this is not the hour to relax in any area. To just sit back, you know, and become slothful or lazy in the things of God. This isn't it. Maybe you could get away with it a year ago, but this is, this is not it now. I truly believe. I do, I'm not a once saved, always saved person. There's too many scriptures that prove that. I truly believe on the day after the rapture, many people are going to be truly amazed and the churches will be packed. And that'll be a sad day. It won't be packed with unbelievers. It'll be packed of those believers 
that did not keep the faith. They were lukewarm and not hot for the Lord. As we see the day approaching quickly, better build a fire under you, yep. each and every one of us. Second Thessalonians 3.13. I'm excited about this. This, you know, this, I told Pastor, we're not going to do the healing line till, till after. Because I, I know that there are people in here that have lost hope in areas. And oh, I didn't tell him, I asked him. Um, 2 Thessalonians 3.13. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 13. And as for you, brethren, do not become weary or lose heart in doing right, but continue in doing well well-doing, pardon me, without uh, weakening. I want you to go on. I'm, go to 14. I mean, this is heavy. Verse 14. But if anyone in the church refuses to obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and do not associate with him so that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but simply admonish and warn him as being still a brother. Next verse. Now may the Lord of peace himself grant you his peace, the peace of his kingdom, at all times and in all ways, under all circumstances and conditions, whatever comes. The Lord be with you all. Now, this is a hard saying in verse 14. But if anyone in the church refuses to obey what we say in this letter, well, you need to read the letter and see what he said. Saying, get ready. That's why I love First and Second Thessalonians. That's, this is for right now. For us today. This is about this is how much right here to meditate on. You know, you notice in the first one of, of chapter three it says, you know, he just didn't break up letters. How many have ever written a letter and said, Well, chapter three <laughs> this is a long letter. But furthermore, brethren, do pray for us that the word of the Lord may Speed on, speedily, rapidly run its course and be glorified, extolled and triumphed, even as it has done with you. In other words, he says, he says in, the, in the King James, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified. Because Paul had to speak out some heavy-duty things, speaking them out that would go down the line into the church. Into the, in the, into the times that we live in now. Church after, you know, there was a period in the church where there was a dark age where they weren't allowed to have Bibles. Can you imagine? I mean, that's, that, that in itself is, is amazing. And Martin Luther got a hold of the Bible and started reading it and found out about salvation and got out of the church he was in and 
started the Lutheran Church, but the saddest part is, down the line, tradition got involved there, and the whole plan of salvation got kicked out the door, and it went back to salvation and baptism again, which babies are not to be baptized. They are to be dedicated to the Lord. And so you see how tradition gets in there if you don't have the Word of God and keep the Word of God in your heart. Amen? Quick, so, okay. go ahead. Quickly go up to verse 6. Now we charge you, brethren, in the name and the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, that you withdraw and keep away from every brother, fellow believer, who, a what? A believer who is slack in performance of duty and disorderly, living as a shirker and not walking in accordance with the traditions and instructions you have received from us. In other words, it's telling us this is the last days. We've got to get things straight. There are believers, we know, that are walking disorderly. That have not, not what here. we call backslidden. Mm -hmm. They're doing their own thing. Thank God. I thank God for you people every day. I do. Because you want God with all your heart. These were these were heavy things to say, really. To the, I mean, really. I'm I'm sure that I can just imagine people getting offended and walking out the door. But why why would why would Paul say these things? Because he cared. Because he didn't he did not want to see one person left behind. Amen. It's amazing to me. Let's go on and, and um, look at Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, and I think we're going to stop there. Oh, if we continue this week, I've got to get to find that record. Boy, that, oh, that'll good turn Lord. you guys upside I, down, I tell you. You loaned it to someone, and I know who has it. you kidding me? No, I'm not. No. Honey, I'm not, but we'll talk about it later, okay? Hebrews. 12. I have the mind of Christ and I can remember things. Amen? You might be right. Mm -hmm. I am right. I'm always right. No. <laughs> Hebrews 12. Are you ready? Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth. Let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and sin which does so readily, deftly, and cleverly cling to and entangle us. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence to the uh, persistent, the appointed course the race that is set before us. So I want you to think, your, think of yourself in a race. There's a race set before you, and we all have the same race. We all have different giftings, but we all have the same race, and that is make it to the end. Okay? Looking away from all that will distract. Looking away from all that will distract. To Jesus 
who is the leader and source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our behalf and is also the finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. So we see that he was the leader or the author and he is the finisher. Thank God. Amen. So he's finishing us up right now. Okay. He has the joy. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize, and that was us, was, that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seating, seated at the, head, at the right hand of the throne of God. Just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous oppression or opposition and bitter hostility against himself, reckoning up and considering it all in comparison with your trials." If you consider what you're going through with what he went through, you'll get on, put on a happy face. Amen. <laughs> Seriously. So that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds. So he says, so he says look to Jesus. Look to him. Reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials so that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds. Hallelujah. So you can literally faint in your mind. You know, this, that, our mind, we are to have the mind of Christ. We are to think as Christ thought or thinks all the time on this earth. And that's, that is the one thing that our faith is what the enemy wants. Count it all joy when you encounter diverse tests and trials, knowing the trine of your faith worketh patience, that patience have a perfect work, that you may be entire wanting nothing. That's in James chapter 1. So the devil wants our faith. How's he going to get our faith? By putting negative thoughts in our mind. By going against what the word of God says in our minds. It's like he went, you notice he went to Eve and started picking on, you know, talking to Eve about that fruit. He didn't go to Adam, he went to Eve. Because she had not heard from God herself. She'd heard from her husband. She needed to listen to her husband and be obedient to what he said. But she was deceived. But where did, you know, what did he do? It just wasn't one day that he, he got into the garden because he was of the field, got in there and just told her, well, you know what, look at that fruit over there. And, you know, that I used to have an apple up here, but I don't know what happened to it. I know it wasn't an apple because that fruit's not around. But anyway, look at that fruit. Then he started in. And she said what she thought what she thought God said, and he said, no, God didn't say this. Same kind of trick he did to Jesus when Jesus fasted and prayed for 40 days. Remember? What did Jesus have to come back with him with every time? The Word. The Word. The Word. He had to know the Word, which we know. Jesus had to study the Word. He came as a man. So he studied the word. There's places in here where it talks about him studying the word as a child. 
That's why they were so astonished when he could go in the temple and teach the word of God because he studied it. He prepared himself for the victory. And that's what we need to do, prepare ourselves in the word for the victory. So as we look unto him, as we get rid of the unnecessary weight, you say, well, I'm attached to that unnecessary weight. Untach yourself now. Immediately. You say, well, that's hard. Well, I'm going to ask you, would you rather go to hell? Or would you rather remove yourself from that weight? That's simple. I mean, I'm pretty blunt, but it's that simple. I mean, when I, and it, it, there was a scripture in here. I don't know where it is in these notes because there's many more notes, but where it talked about um, work and murmuring and complaining about your work and how you feel about your job. There's actually a scripture in here that we have that talks about that. And it was amazing to me how allowing the, yourself to become offend, offended at work can cause you to step back and take a back seat to, in your spirituality and lose all hope. And if you're at that point, you need to pull yourself back up to that place in God and say, God, I am your servant and I will do whatever you ask me to do according to your word in this hour. Amen. It might not be easy, but I guarantee you when you do that and you have a change of heart in a situation, then God can move in that situation and turn it around. Hallelujah. Whatever the situation you know, every person in this room is going through a situation, whether it's your children, grandchildren, your health, your prospect, your money, whatever. There, every person has a situation in their life every day that they can choose one way or the other in. Or they can speak one way or another. And today, you know, they're, they... There used to be a song, Who is on the Lord's Side? Or a pastor can explain this better. They used to, from mountain to mountain, speak forth the, um, the word of the Lord. I think it was, Whose Report Do You Believe? Wasn't that it? And they, the other side would yell out, We, we shall believe the report of the Lord. Is that, was that it? One, one side would... Um, Speak the blessings, the other side would speak the cursings. Oh, I'd rather be on the blessing side. And there'd be a big valley between the two. And guess what? When you're walking through the valley, you hear both sides. But which report are you going to believe? And you don't need to stay in the valley. Too many people just, well, this is my life, this is my focus in life. It doesn't have to be that way. Find out what God's word says about you and begin to get the testimony in yourself. Come alive. Amen. We used to, there's a song out there that we used to sing. Whose report do you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Got that on the We do. Yeah. If things are so bad, start singing that song to yourself. 
whose report do I believe? I shall believe the report of the Lord. I mean, I have done that. I've sang. My mind used to be such a mess when I first got saved. It was a miracle. But I, I started singing, making up songs about the blood of Jesus. You got your mic way down. My, mic, oh, my mic's under my hand. That's good. <laughs> Sorry, folks that are on hearing this. Whose report do you believe? Come on. I'm asking you out there. Whose report do you believe? We shall leave Lord of the Lord. All the time. I'm going to say it again. You better shout it out this time because, or I will, and then it'll be deafening to those here. Whose report do you believe? We shall Lord of the Lord. What's his report? Whatsoever things are good, lovely, good report. Just. Think on these things. Amen? Okay, this is the way we're going to do this this morning. We'll go ahead and have communion. And then if you need, if you have any of these areas that you're dealing with, after we receive communion, go ahead and receive the cup, and then you're excused unless you want prayer, special prayer today. Okay, and I will stay in here for that. Hallelujah. And there is a ministry helps meeting after. Um, and so this won't be long. And praise God. Be blessed. I don't know how this knocked off. How long was this off, Heather? How long? <laughs>